There are some scholars in Amilta who are deeply preoccupied with the existence of horrors. They are extremely difficult things to study, if indeed they are things. And of course, once one has asked if something is a thing, then one has opened up an entire line of questioning. If not, then what is it? If so, then what kind of thing? Some excellent papers have been written on the subject in recent years that posit the existence of horrors to be a byproduct of humanity, a sort of emotional wastewater left behind in the environment. And if that is the case, another excellent paper suggests, then they can be considered a part of humanity. For people living where horrors prowl, the distinction is almost certainly less interesting. For the people of Dunbarrow, the suggestion is dangerous. If she is inclined to read academic papers, the Pearl Ambassador might make the deadly step of agreeing with them. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, King Cat, and I'm basically chicken nuggets, don't worry about it. Why did I write that in my notes? <laughs> it's, it, don't worry about it. Don't, uh, yeah. don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it's, it. It's right there in the notes. Don't worry about it. Hey, Cat. Yeah? Cat. Yeah? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Don't um, worry about it. <laughs> okay. With me, not worrying about it, we have Kirsten. Yeah, I'm not worrying about it. I don't worry about anything. Or I worry about everything. I don't really have a switch yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> also not worrying about it, we have Nick. I am not worrying about it because the notes say not to worry about it. We trust the notes, don't we? She's about to say she's not worried about it, but she's approximately 10% worried about it. It's Kathleen. You know, I'm making a big show of not being worth worried about it. I've got my hands behind my head all crossed in a casual pose, and I've even got little stock of wheat sticking out of my mouth right now. <laughs> Very cash. Very casual image. And here to not worry about it with us, our very special guest Dylan is here. Hello. The edges of my humanity are slowly dissolving into the universe and I am becoming infinite. Wonderful. Don't, Don't worry, worry about, about it. Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> uh. Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party left the village of Dunbarrow to look in the woods to find out what had been causing the Pearl Ambassador, the noble demon who guards Dunbarrow, to kill her own lesser daemons. What they found was another noble demon, one calling himself the Ash Duke, who, after a long conversation with Penelope, the demon whisperer, <laughs> tussled her hair and left an inky black streak in it, rendering Penelope corrupted. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And so we return to our heroes in the clearing in the woods just outside of Dunbarrow. Theo is presently worrying about it. Okay. All right. Valid. Um, I'm get. I'm worried about this. Hmm. Yeah. Even Penelope knows that this is not great. Yeah. Gideon is just nodding like, yeah, I think this is a worrying thing. I think Theo actually is just staring at Penelope with this look of just utter horror. Like, even over the passing conversation, acknowledging that they should probably get moving, just, like, constantly staring in, like, this contemplative, worried, fretting stare uh, of panic at all times. Cobb is worried about Sot. Yeah, baby's unattended, and you told him to eat all the pie he wanted. Well, I also said that we'd be back before morning, and that's not going to happen. Or at least not all of us are going to be back before morning. Um, Theo, does your, um, can your friend there send notes? Not exactly. I can send her to go retrieve someone, but uh, direct communication is a bit complex. She can certainly carry something there, I suppose. I think that would work. Does anyone have a piece of paper I need to write Mr. Sot a letter? I, I do, but, um, 
Do you think that one of us can go, or should probably all of us not? But, um, um, Polly is back there, and, and that could get you away really fast, Red. Yeah, I think, I think if, I don't think all of us need to stay here, just me and Polly and maybe, how many of us are there? Staying here is 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 bad. Is bad. It seems bad. Yes. See the mat. She will. Um. She'll be hunting these hills, looking for one such as yourself. So, uh, actually, staying moving would would be best uh, for your sake. And um, Theo turns and whistles for his familiar Ira, and. I'm going to send her ahead to actually head to the monastery. You want to deliver a note. I'm happy to have her carry that along the way. Well, this would be back towards the village where our quartermaster is currently holed up. Um, Andred's Cloud Oak? Yeah, and Penelope. Uh, Pollyanna. Polly's here. She's, uh... Oh, she is? Yeah. She was very absent when the Ash Duke was here. This is why I just assumed that she was back at, like... Yeah. The ranch, because I would have thought that she, yeah. Yeah, she she loves Penelope very, very much, but she did get scared. Okay. At the concept of Penelope talking to Demon. Did not like. And she kind of slinks out of the trees, her ears down. It's it's okay, Penelope. I did it. Okay, how many times? That's two. Ding. That's that was two. my That's fault. Two. I did it first. We're two in a row. Nice. It's okay. It's okay, Polly and Penelope. Ruffles her mane and fusses the usual fussiness that Polly doesn't actually need, but is more for Penelope's sake. Yeah. Polly just grabs a mouthful of your hair and gives it a yank. <laughs> She's trying to pull the black hair off your head. I, I know. I tried that. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think it works that way. Ah, too bad. Hmm. But I so. So, yeah, Mr. Sot needs to know where we are. Yeah, we just need to let him know that, unfortunately, things have gotten a little too dangerous here, and he should stay with the Scarlets for a while. They're quite nice. They should take care of him just wonderfully. We, however, need to not go back to town because there is no telling how much of our large snake-related friend's um, gift his sibling will care for being in the town. We don't want to lead her back there and have her go, well, this whole place is bad now. Cat, would Theo know whether it's a proximity thing? Like, is it proximity to the ambassador herself or to uh, the heart of her territory that she's more, like, keen on? Like, if we move away from where she is currently, but towards town, like, would Theo know whether it's more or less dangerous? Um, what Theo knows about demons is that they are profoundly territorial. So that, well, she may not be aware of the corruption in Penelope at a distance, she is preoccupied with maintaining her territory above all. Okay. As long as we keep her a fair distance from the ambassador, she should be moderately safe. Um, venturing too deep into the heart of... Her territory, on the other hand, may prove to yield unfavorable results for us, but if we keep moving away from her, that's as safe a bet as I can really promise. Hey, Captain. And Gideon gives you kind of a little salute. You can tell I was saluting myself because I banged my mic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gideon? How about I go look after the baby, huh? That would be wonderful. Yeah. I'll go let him know what's going on, and the two of us will be at the inn if you need anything. Thank you. I'm sure that'll calm his worry to have someone there with him. Oh, he's a tough little fellow, but regardless. Yeah, let him know the captain and the crew will be back as soon as we can. Mm -hmm. um, and that I guess we'll have to take him up the mountain some other time. If things get dangerous, you can always come get us. Yeah. And Tissa kind of like does sort of an affectionate, like, shoulder check almost to Gideon, just like sort of bumps her slightly. Yeah, I think, I think Gideon returns the returns the little shove and is just like, tell me everything, okay? Uh-huh. And she, she heads off back to town with a little wave. Bye. Um, 
Try to stay out of trouble, okay? Penelope kind of nods. <laughs> I suppose I can't make any promises, but we will try our best. Tissa just laughs at that in addition to Kathleen. <laughs> and she heads back to town to take care of baby quartermaster. Theo, was it you said that we might find some assistance at the monastery? Possibly. It's um, dubious, but I feel it's still best to at least inform them of the matter. Uh, they may offer some assistance, they may not, but granted everything that's happened, it's probably in my best interest to at least inform them of what's transpired, so. Hmm. So do we go together or do we split up? At the very least, the monastery is at the periphery of the ambassador's realm, so that's at least far enough from the center that maybe there might be a little bit of safety for your friend here. It's not a guarantee, obviously, but it's something. Mm. Best I can really offer, given the circumstances. Well, that sounds like it might be a better idea. Mine was to head up to the gravesite, which I'm fairly positive is not in Our Lady's territory, seeing as the person who was buried there was a local, and I don't think she would have had me bury her there. However, it is quite a little ways up the mountain. How far is the monastery from where we are now? Um, not far. It is, um, you'd have to go the long way to avoid going through town, if that's what you want, but, uh, you should be able to make it within a couple hours. Okay. Theo grabs Ira and kneels down and kind of grabs her by, like, her horrible, <laughs> like, jowls and cheeks. Uh, and, like, just does that good scrunching of the face meats that you do to a dog. <laughs> and he whispers quietly, just loud enough so that only the two of them can hear it. He says, go find father. And then stands up. Okay, and she takes off. Heads toward the monastery. So, is that the best? It's that way? That's the straight shot. We're gonna have to go the long way. Mm. Um, we better start making ground quickly in hopes of staying ahead of her. Yeah. Well, let's get a move on then, shall we? Lead the way. I'm presuming Theo is familiar enough with the area to pick a direction that is a <laughs> reasonable one and start moving. Oh, yeah. You walk through the night for a couple hours. The foothills are gentle and lush and quiet, eerily quiet. Um, to somebody who's been living in this area for a long time, it's kind of soothing to be out at night. The moon is filtering through the trees and there's a soft wind just kind of nudging at you. But to somebody who is cognizant of how profoundly haunted the foothills are, it is perhaps a little bit spooky. And that's fine. That's not for me to say whether or not you're spooked out by the foothills. You have to walk through them regardless. I was just going to ask, are the words here the same or? The words here are the same with one notable exception. And that is not a terrain spell piece. It is a personal spell piece. Penelope, you have, for the time being, the spell piece wicked in your arsenal. <laughs> okay. Um, that's... Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fine. And I assume I can't use it as wicked as in the slang wicked, like wicked. You can try, but I'll be livid with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be mad as a hornet with you <laughs> if you try to do this. I'll be good. That is a lie. <laughs> if ever I've heard you tell a lie, it's this. So you walk through the night. And eventually, you see what is a familiar sight to Theo. Just a large brick building. The size of an impressive manor house with not a high wall. High enough, probably, to keep rabbits out. And inside, some cute, well-tended trees and charming gardens. 
It is a quiet, idyllic place where people in robes not dissimilar to Theo's, although not perhaps quite so stark in their color choices, just kind of mill about. It is the monastery. There's a smell of fresh baked bread. Before we go in, two successes on sensitivity tracking. Does it look like the ambassador comes by here a lot? Is it mostly just human activity? Is this something that I can tell? Like maybe we've gotten back into a place where things are more paved. Yeah, there is absolutely a paved road leading between the monastery and the town. Mm -hmm. You're walking through the wilderness. You're not seeing a lot of human footprints because there's a road right there. Mm -hmm. But there's animals that try to get into the gardens. You can't see any trace of the ambassador with the exception of just those pearl javelins on the outer wall, just on the gate. Okay, thanks. No problem. Simple but nice place you got here. And it even smells good. Uh, yes, it's um, home in a way. Uh, we should head inside. You know, you know that the baking typically starts very early in the day. So it is likely no longer night. It is likely something akin to four in the morning. Perfect. I think it's probably pretty common for Theo to be up relatively late, wandering around just outside the monastery. He just finds his way kind of past some of the other uh, folks out in the... You said there were some other people walking around outside, correct? Yep. Uh, yeah, I think he just kind of heads towards the interior as quickly as possible without necessarily seeming... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I think he's trying to be both, like, acknowledging them, but also not too conspicuous at the same time, like... I've got places to be, but I don't want it to seem weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a, a deeply awkward playing it cool nod. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So you do find your familiar seated outside the door waiting for you. And as you approach, she kind of gives a a little jerk of her head to indicate that this way. Um, follow me. And he follows Ira inside. And she starts walking through the monastery it is, at this hour, mostly quiet. The people who are out and about wear kind of soft slippers and move slowly and deliberately as though trying not to wake anyone else. It is kind of a crowded place. It's certainly livelier than you would expect a place to be at four in the morning. The ceilings are low and the building is made of red brick. There are tapestries on the wall some depicting people, some depicting events, some depicting demons. Every so often there is a stray bookshelf in a hallway because whatever room it belonged to couldn't fit any more books. There is a large archway leading toward a kitchen and a mess hall that you can just peek into on your way. Cat, quick question. What up? Is Pollyanna allowed indoors here? I don't think she cares. Okay. Well, I know that Polly doesn't care. But. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. Um, actually, I don't know that she fits. I mentioned that the ceilings were pretty low. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like Cobb barely fits, so I don't think Polly would fit. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Polly would be fine just like, yeah, in the outskirts. Like, There's actually a lovely garden, and Polly can be convinced to hang out in the garden. I made her promise not to eat anything. No, you didn't. She's not going to follow that. <laughs> you absolutely cannot extract that kind of pro As you tell her not to, she reaches up and eats a leaf. <laughs> of course. We're not having this fight again. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> Theo contemplates making Penelope sit outside with the deer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, Penelope's going to roll a subtlety humanity as we're going through just to like, she herself is trying to just like play it cool, like... I'm totally fine, and things are cool. Don't worry about it. Subtlety humanity to act cool. Cobb is also probably trying to keep it down, but, you know, big pirate boots stomping everywhere. One edge success. <laughs> Welcome to team no subtlety. Welcome to team no subtlety. Theo isn't subtle either. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can fool some of the people some of the time, which is to say... I will allow you to fool one person. When interacting with an NPC, you can say, this is the one I successfully trick. How does that sound? Everyone else, you fail. 
Okay. I can fool one person, but everyone else knows. Yeah. Everyone else can tell something is wrong, but you get to fool one person with your one edge success. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tissa got enough successes on adaptability focus by the way that she is decidedly not looking at the books and it bothers her that she's not doing it, but this is important. She's on task. Focusing. Good job, Tissa. And this white hellhound leads you to a hallway lined with errant bookshelves, all different sizes, and their shelves spaced oddly, lined with books more often horizontal than vertical and sheaves of paper. And around the corner, there is a door leading into what is effectively the library of the monastery. Theo takes a breath and opens the door and leads the way. Yeah, it is extremely quiet. Even by the standards of the monastery, it is quiet. It is also by far the largest room in the monastery, although that's not to say that it doesn't overflow with books, because it does. It has a high vaulted ceiling and enormous windows that in the daytime must be brilliant. Right now, one of them is letting in a sliver of cold moonlight, and there is little else. There are rugs on the ground, mismatched, most of them. Some of them well-worn, some of them relatively new. And there are desks against just about every wall. At one of them, there sits a man. He is dark-haired. He is wearing a brown robe. Not a robe in the monastic sense necessarily, but a robe in a, the sense of a man who is just awakened. And he is intently focused on a model of a ship that he is prodding at with a pair of tweezers and peering through a mounted magnifying glass. Upon entering the library, Theo stops and turns around and puts a finger to his mouth and like a shush to the party and puts a hand out to tell them to just kind of wait in the doorway as he quietly approaches. Should I assume this is who I think it is? Absolutely. This is uh, one of the monastery's elders. This is a man by the name of Callum. And you thought I wouldn't remember that. I actually was wondering if you would. Um, <laughs> I wrote it down. Their last name is Webb, by the way. Thank you for that. So this is Elder Callum Webb. Um, he looks very similar to what you would imagine kind of a medieval monk to look. That is to say, he's not particularly tall. He's kind of round-faced. He's dressed in simple clothes. He has just, like, crinkling eyes. Maybe the, all the squinting he's doing at the tiny ropes on his model ship. Theo, uh quietly and politely clears his throat. <clears throat> Callum? Good morning, Theodore. <sighs> Good morning. And how are you today? Exceedingly poor. We need to have a conversation of some importance. Ah. And he very, very gently sets his model aside, puts down the mounted magnifying glass, and all of his movements are very gentle and slow and deliberate. And he folds his hands in his lap and he looks up and unfolds his hands to gesture at this chair in front of him. Theo sits down. What's troubling you? I know what's been causing the ambassador to strike down her lesser daemons. I also oh. may have encountered it personally just this evening. Oh, dear. Well, I'm... Glad to hear that particular mystery has been solved, but you seem more troubled than satisfied. Yes, I may have made a bit of a mistake in the process of finding this out. Mm. And he gestures to Penelope and like very gently, like kind of tries to wave her over. And Penelope kind of points to herself like me, <laughs> like, hey. Yes, you, yes, you. Uh. And Theo takes this opportunity to stand and offers Penelope his seat. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, hello. And she, she waves at, at the elder. Hello. Uh, I'm Penelope. 
Welcome to our monastery, Penelope. It's lovely. I'm glad to hear you like it. I'm fond of it myself. One success on adaptability focus. Tissa, like, is fidgeting, but isn't saying anything. <laughs> just, just sitting there silently fussing. Like, yes. Cobb is trying to figure out what the ship is in the bottle. <laughs> it's not in a bottle. <laughs> oh, he's not making it in a bottle. I thought he was for some reason. Nope. <laughs> you sprung my trap. <laughs> and there hops up onto the table next to Callum an enormous, fluffy, orange cat. Oh. Just like the extremely lazy, profoundly fat kind with a big, fluffy tail. With the exception of the fact that it has a single eye in the middle of its forehead. Penelope lets out an oh when the cat jumps up. And it kind of makes a vaguely happy face with its single eye. Gives a yawn and kind of hops up onto Callum's lap and reaches up in that way cats do onto his shoulder. And he gives an idle stroke. I see. I see. We made... Penelope and her friends here are visitors to Dunbarrow. Oh, hello. They were passing through. And he turns to see Cobb and Tissa, and he waves at them with a gentle, slow smile. Tissa waves, but like, I'm not sure how, but there's definitely a butt-like there. <laughs> there there's, there's a butt-like. <laughs> okay. Cobb gives a smile and a little salute. Our um, encounter with this... It, it was another demon. Seemed familiar with ours. Too much so. He's prodding at the boundaries of the territory on purpose and decided to make a bit of an example of this one. It's an antagonistic move, obviously. I'm the one that really let it happen, though, so... I was hoping there was maybe something we could do. I don't want anything bad to happen to these folks on my account. They followed me into the woods. It was my fault. It's it's not your fault. Penelope looks, at, looks up at Theo. Don't take blame on yourself. Theo doesn't break eye contact with his dad. No, no, she's done this before. Cobb <laughs> calls from the hallway. Since everyone else is calling Tissa goes, he's called the Ash Duke and he said something about authority? Ah. Now, hadn't you said it might be another demon, Theodore? Am I remembering that right or was that someone else? And he kind of scratches his head. That's his, what I said. His big fat orange cat just flicks its tail. Ah. As insightful as ever. Unfortunately, it's not a good way to find out you were right. Hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. So then, if I'm understanding us correctly, this Ash Duke wants to gain authority in the ambassador's territory by means of. He cocks his head a little bit. And his cat rubs itself against his ear, corrupting things and seeing what the ambassador does. Am I right? As keen as ever, father. Well, I am mostly going on what I'm told. I just woke up. Well, it sounds like what we need to figure out is how to purge this particular corruption before she finds it. I think. I think. How does that sound to you, miss? We'll try and get you back to normal before you get skewered. Yeah, that that does sound um, better than the other option. Um, I'm sorry for bringing so much trouble and waking you early. No, no, no. no, no. I, I have breakfast. She pulls out the, a pocket biscuit. <laughs> oh, oh, have you? I'm, no, please. We, we have few rules in this place, but one of them is no eating in the library. I must decline. Forgive me. Theo is desperately holding back a chuckle. 
with all his might. Oh, oh okay, yes. That's how my, my dad is. He he doesn't like eating around books either. You're you're right. She folds it back in her pocket. Anyway, there's no need to apologize for the trouble. The trouble came to us when the Ash Duke did, not when you did. The trouble has evolved. I won't I won't dispute that. But we had already had some trouble. Let's see now. I suppose you and I should get studying. And he scratches behind the cat's ears and it yawns and jumps onto the table so he can get up and start puttering around the books. Oh. Then eventually he returns to the desk with an armful. Well, you must forgive me. You see, we are arcanists, and it is our way to solve problems by studying. It must seem tremendously boring to you, but it is how we do things here. That, that seems logical. I mean, probably don't get into as much trouble that way, right? You might think so. You might think we get into more. <laughs> so, Theodore, have you any thoughts? Far too many at the moment. Um, mm. I think applying myself might um, alleviate some of them. I'd like to assist in. Please do. Yes. Please do. In the meantime... It is, um, well, no, the bakery should be up and running. If you'd like to join us for some research, you're more than welcome. But if you'd like to go to the mess hall for some breakfast, I'm sure they'd be willing to, willing to serve you. Around here, it is never too early for a beer. Ah, I like the sound of that. Shelby kind of perks up when she hears that. Would it assist you if... Cast an innocuous spell onto an object, and you could study my magic? I don't know much about how Arcanists feel magic or study magic, but mm. would that help? To feel it? Uh, you might want to ask your friend more about feeling magic. Hmm. Tissa? Tissa has finally failed the focus rolls I've been making in the like she is just sort of like slowly moving closer and closer toward the books that um, Callum got out. Like she is excited about this prospect. <laughs> I love that. They just I can just picture just like inching slower and slower. <laughs> uh -huh. You're welcome to join us for some research if you like. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know about literature mostly, but well, there's all kinds of reading to be done. I know I've read something about purification rituals, but Curse of Age, I suppose, I cannot recall where. Here, I suppose. So, uh, <laughs> at this point, if it is okay, I, I would like to roll dice. Please roll dice. I'd like to do an understanding spirits roll and also use my key of intelligence specifically to try and just search for invalid information or, or pertinent information within the text that Callum has gotten out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get to roll a lot of dice, guys. This is like a fucking handful. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. This is what Theo does. This is what Theo do. <laughs> roll the dice brick. Um, And you know what? It wasn't all that great. <laughs> it's two successes and an edge success. No, two successes and an edge success is formidable. <laughs> oh, that's the odds, though. Yeah. When you think about it. This is true. That's no, that's okay. I, I tried to look really cool doing acrobatics earlier, which is what Cobb is built around, and rolled nothing. Rolled Jack. It was grim. It was very grim. Um, Let's see. Two internet success will let you find a piece of what you're looking for if you keep the edge success. I will tell you a fib. I will not tell you entirely a fib, but one of the things that will leave my mouth will be a lie. Okay. I'm fine okay. with that. Let's go. All right. 
Tissa wants to make basically exactly the same role, except that the key that she's activating is discovery. Oh, I like that very much as well. Four successes. Four successes. Nice. <laughs> this is rolling hot. <laughs> what the hell, Kathleen? Theo doesn't know that he should be upset, but he's upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you different things because I am a benevolent GM. So give me a minute. Okay. Cobb is probably going to, I don't know, take a nap. He's been walking all night and he's tired. Wow. <laughs> go go get a morning beer and lay down. Yeah, go, go get a morning beer. You can have those. <laughs> Penelope will have a morning beer. <laughs> Cobb just kind of waves. I'll leave this to everybody. I, well, I think I need one of those morning beers and then I need to take a nap. So I'll, uh, I'll come with you. Come and find us when you're done in here, everybody. No, actually, no, Tissa doesn't acknowledge you. She's reading. <laughs> yeah, Tissa's busy. Okay, Tissa, mm-hmm. you are reading an extremely interesting book about shifts in spell pieces with astrological events. Ah. Which is something that you have probably understood innately in the past because you are a magus. But actually seeing the theory written down is profoundly fascinating to you. Yeah, it is. Including a section about the usefulness of moonlight and the correct moon phase in particular purification rituals. What Theo finds is that there is a spring in the foothills, which is believed to carry particular spell pieces that can be used in purification rituals. These are old texts. They mention the presence of ceremonial weapons and making offerings to the spring, particularly of like high value gemstones. And Callum is rooting through um, a very old astrological calendar from like centuries ago and just kind of humming to himself. Uh, I want to make a point that during the entirety of this researching process, Theo stays as physically far from Callum as possible while they are mutually reading. Yeah. He doesn't push the issue. At the risk of taking the metaphor a little far, he's a cat person. He (laughs) understands just letting people have space. But it is a noticeably awkward, intentional level of distance. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't seem affected by it. He doesn't acknowledge it at any rate. That's fine. He's just... Happily puttering around with the books. Let's see if Tissa notices. It is not subtle. Nope. Tissa's reading. That's fine. Tissa's reading. Look, Tissa doesn't always notice. Full stop. There wasn't a predicate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always. What else do you discover in the books? You discover that... The ambassador is not the only demon on record in the foothills who has an obsession with purity. Oh. What's a good demon? There is the lady of the river's origin who is said to live at the very point where a river begins to emerge from the mountain. And it is said that she has similar obsessions and responds not with violence, but with cleansing. Her territory is not far from here. It's actually one of the safer ways to make your way up the mountain because, by and large, she doesn't trouble people. And by now, Callum is milling around the library looking at the tapestries. One in particular, which is hanging under that moonlit window. I'll bite. What's that one of? It is of a pair of people that appear to be in some kind of debate or some kind of summit. They are both wearing crowns. They both have long robes on. There is someone standing between them as if to adjudicate, like a a small silver-haired child. Okay. And he has his cat familiar sitting on his shoulder, flicking its tail back and forth. It does look at Theo. It watches Theo with its single eye. Uh. <laughs> It flicks its ears. It is not fond of Thea's familiar. It does not love her. <laughs> Thea doesn't like cats. Oh, it's, it's fine. Theo uh, 
places. The book that he found the information he was able to gleam on a nearby table and kind of, again, quietly clears his throat. <clears throat> well, I have something. I don't know about either of the two of you. Mm. Mm. What have you got, Theodore? Um, something regarding uh, purification rituals. It's very much what involved offerings, ritualistic use of um, weapons. It's a bit involved. I don't know if any of you found, either of you found anything a little more uh, simple, <laughs> perhaps? Um, we're lucky. It's, we have a good moon this week. Mm. Yes, I had been thinking quite the same thing. Who was the one who read about the Lady of the River Sporigen? You know what? I think both of you did because being a local demon, she's in several books. Okay. Okay, perfect. Um, and then, of course, there's this other matter of um, the Lady of the River's Origin, right? Yep. Seems like it may be a easier bet than this nonsense, and he kind of flips the other book shut. This might be an easier bet, especially considering you and your friends are planning to climb the mountain anyways, it seems. Mm. The big guy needs to pay respects and also get a sword. Wonderful the places you can find swords these days. <laughs> <laughs> this one's there because he put it there. Ah. The sword is there because he put it there. So many things are there because they were put there, when you think about it. <laughs> this is the first time Theo just, like, audibly sighs. It's, <laughs> like, under his breath, just like, God, why? Yes, I did it. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Meanwhile, while the study bugs are studying, Penelope and Cobble are have breakfast. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Penelope still is feeling, because she said she was feeling more like warm and stuff. I mean, like, does she notice anything else? I know that she has a new word. Yeah. Penelope can feel that there is something she can call on that is nearby. Like, she is, I mean, she knows what her spell pieces feel like, she knows what her normal magic feels like. It feels different now. Okay. And. Part of her is curious, but the other part of her is, well, you know what? Let's make an an understanding rule. It is probably best to not use call on whatever that new piece is. She's just, you know, self-examining. Guess what does she have? She doesn't have. I guess it'd be just pure understanding. If you want, yeah, that seems like a bad idea that you will fail, but please do. <laughs> Uh, focus or survival? Oh, I do have survival. That's a good one. Understanding survival. Like, you've encountered, like, demons before and weird magic before, probably, right? That's true. Maybe you've learned that that might be dangerous? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, maybe Penelope learned. Maybe. And when you ask one of the monks at the kitchen for a beer, by the way, Cobb, they definitely present you with a mug of just, like, you know, monastery beer that's been brewed the same way for hundreds of years. Cobb politely thanks them and, I guess, finds the comfiest-looking place that he won't get nasty looks if he sits down at. No, there's not a lot of nasty looks to be had here. I mean, people here just read books all day. They're pretty chill. It's because they're all drinking day beers. They're all drinking day beers. They're all mellowed out. <laughs> day beers are fine here's. Listen... I don't know if any of you have ever had a goes, which is a wild fermented beer. They're pretty good. I have not, but it sounds pretty good. Yeah. It does. Actually, two successes and an edge. Two successes and an edge successy. Mm -hmm. And that's understanding what? Survival. Understanding survival. So that's going to tell you that the bad thing has already happened. The thing that gets you marked, that's happened. You've been marked. Okay. What's happened is that you're, like, magically tainted now. That's the bad part. 
But there are lots of things that could happen. For example, for example, the demon who put this mark on you could be convinced to remove it. The ambassador could probably be convinced not to stab you. There are a lot of things that can be done. Okay. So I'm kind of like magically linked, kind of, sort of. Yes. You have a magical mark that has been placed on you by the Ash Duke. Okay. Yeah, I think Penelope will behave herself enough that she knows that even though she's like, huh, interesting. It's like that scab you want to pick, but she's not going to pick it. Too hard. She's not going to pick it. It's just... <laughs> she's going to get a day beer. Penelope is going to get a day beer. So Penelope and Cobb sit down in the cafeteria with day beers and breakfast, some fresh baked from the monastery's kitchen, and some from Penelope's pockets because she's just awful. <laughs> I like how you knew I was going to be eating that too. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> I'm your game master. <laughs> and Callum looks up from his contemplations, and the monks look up from their beer as the sound of a bell ringing starts to resound over the monastery, breaking the early silence. Just as day begins to break, there's a golden light coming in through one of the windows of the monastery's library. And there is a white light coming through the other. Uh. Memory time, everybody. I can't have memories. I'm covering my face with my hands. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. It's uh, fine. It's Don't fine. worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I I like the cat versus dog dichotomy here in the... Uh, <laughs> that was real cute. In the monastery. <laughs> I think mine is actually... A, a a meta game memory, but I really love how the whole time Kathleen was rolling to not have Tissa get distracted by the books <laughs> and then was like, and now Tissa didn't make the roll and is distracted by books. It was perfect. Yeah, I love when Kathleen does that. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, I have chosen you to go next. Your memories. Oh, oh, Dylan. Yeah. Oh, Dylan, Theo's relationship with his father. Uh, hey, hey, thanks. I've never had one before. I'm glad I'm doing okay. <laughs> First time for everything. Wow. <laughs> Dylan, your memory, please. Uh, Theo's relationship with his father. <laughs> <laughs> You've given me a lot to think about why Theo doesn't like him, and it's becoming more complex with every passing moment, and I'm enjoying it. I'm very glad to hear that, because uh, I guess a peek behind the curtain, the only thing Dylan told me was that Theo does not like his father. Mm -hmm. Ah. And so I was kind of left to my own devices as to why, which is why I was so, so delighted when Dylan sighed out loud. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> I've found it. I mean, I'll give you the freebie that part of it has to do with the fact that Theo lived with his mother until like probably only a few years ago. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for someone who wants things to happen, oh man, uh, Callum might be insufferable. <laughs> yeah there's a lot there's I, I plan to share more with you in private cat about uh theo's mother and some juicy bits there please do please do if you would like to privately tell me something listener you can use the email form on our website sort of symphonies.com or you can use Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs. At the time you are listening to this, I have got a bundle live on itch.io. It is a bundle of solo RPGs, and it is benefiting Jasper's Game Day, which is a TTRPG-focused suicide prevention organization. These are uh, some dark times for a lot of people, and my hope is that both through 
spreading games that I love, and also through benefiting a good cause, we can help make things a little bit dark for folk. So I'd really appreciate you uh, having a look at that. Um, this is usually the part where I completely, completely screw up the outro, but I don't have the heart to because it's important to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no, it's it's. I mean, we we can have an outro where it it ends on on something important, and uh, you know, yeah, how do I? I don't know how to do an intro that an outro that I don't screw up. <laughs> um, uh, just do the easy one and just start plugging the Sunday stream. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if you would like to see more of Dylan and see any of me, you can catch us on Sunday nights at TFT T underscore presents. That was me remembering it. Don't worry about it. Uh, if you check us out on Twitter, we'll let you know when the stream goes live. It is Sunday nights. It is a delight. You'll have a great time. You can catch Dylan on Twitter at lasers with a Z underscore forever. Please do. Uh, also, we did a we did a cool wrestling on the show. Uh, last we did year. a cool wrestling, and the show is actually about to end relatively soon. So it's like the perfect time to to you know peek in and and kind of see what it's all about as it hurdles towards its climax. I know that seems counterintuitive yeah. to say check it out as it ends, but you know what? Live free. Live free. Live moss. <laughs> Live moss, listener. <laughs> No. And then <laughs> smash cut credits. There we go. <laughs> Got it in one. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Bored of D&D? Want to try something else? Why not check out Control Group? We test systems so you don't have to. Using our patented mini campaigns along with one shots, we test how far you can stretch systems with our unique ideas and broad storytelling. Our mission statement is to give a voice to those not often heard in the TTRPG community. So whether it be a system you've never heard of, or our testers being people of color, people on the LBGTQIA spectrum, we want to make sure our stories are broad, vast, and told from different perspectives. So whether you want classic role-playing or just big goofs, come listen to us try out systems, some of which we've even made ourselves. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or head over to controlgrouppod.com. That's CTRL, just like the key on your keyboard. There you can find the systems we test, along with easily accessible PDFs. So check us out if you're into Monster of the Week, Passion Dallas, Passionis, oh, Song of Fire and Ice, Blazers and Feelings, Gunsight, Void Worlds, Wizards and Wands, Stranded, Interstitial, The Last Shonen, and so much more!